Hello and welcome to the Hey Mama podcast. Supporting women to make empowering, soul-centered and heart-driven decisions in motherhood. Going back to basics, changing our stories and trusting ourselves. I'm Emily. And I'm Annabelle. Hey Mama! So today we're joined by a really special woman. A woman who I've known for years with her work in sacred women's circles. This special woman is Anna, the spiritual midwife, coach, women's work facilitator and yoga teacher. Through her work at the spiritual midwife, she offers childbirth education in an alternative and holistic way. Today, Anna is here to share her vast wisdom with us on how to achieve a nourishing postpartum. Thank you so much for joining us, Anna. We are so passionate about this topic too, so cannot wait to hear what you have to share. Would you start by sharing with us a little bit about you? Oh, thank you so much for that introduction. That's, yeah, that was a beautiful introduction. Yeah, <laughs> yes, we've known each other for a while. Um, yeah, since the last time I was in Perth, I, think, I know a few years ago. Yeah, that was beautiful. It's a beautiful oh, weekend. It, was. it totally was. Yes, so secret <laughs> woman's business. Yeah. Yes. Um. So thank you so much for that. Yes, my name is Anna, and I am the spiritual midwife. Mm. I um. What can I tell you about me? Currently, I am in the beautiful with Sundays, Ellie Beach. And I'm, yes, I'm uh, on a kind of business retreat, uh, creating my next online course called the the Nourishing Postpartum Course. And so, yes, it is a very big (laughs) um, passion and um, currently a topic that I'm um, delving into very deeply to provide something beautiful and nourishing for mamas to be um so yeah what can I tell you more about me I can share that my work right now surrounds a lot around um helping women and assisting women in optimizing their chances of having an empowering and a natural birth experience and so that's what my focus has been the last uh, year and um I love that more and more women do um take responsibility for their birth and do you know maybe employ a doula or take an independent childbirth education course there's so many different out there Mm -hmm. um trying to you know collect um a little birth kit for for their upcoming labor and birth um but I've noticed that most women and even the women do preparing for their labor and birth they forget about the postpartum which is even bigger than the labor and birth process if you can even believe that because that's a huge rite of passage and that you know you definitely should prepare for but then you're just thrown into motherhood Mm. and that's why I'm so passionate about talking about the nourishing postpartum and how to how to prepare for that yeah yeah I completely agree you know it is this time where you are reborn as a mother as well so to navigate that while mm. having a baby, while accepting, hopefully accepting help and support and all of those things. I think it's so mm. important for this period to be so beautiful because it mm. should be, mm. I believe. Mm. Yeah. So tell us, like, what, what do you think? What would you say would be some things that would make it so, so wonderful for women in this next chapter? Yeah, well, just as I'm such an advocate for women to reclaim Mm. birth 
as their domain to to actively inform themselves, to actively choose to birth their babies and not give away their power, mm. as is happening a lot in our over-medicalized society. And because we've kind of been indoctrinated um, by the old paradigm that mm. the medical um, system knows best and we don't, to actually you know, swap that and swap it around and go, actually... I conceive this baby. I am nurturing, growing, uh, protecting this life. I can birth this baby without any help. Mm. Um, it would be nice to have the help, and if it's needed, it's there. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna take responsibility for this birth journey. I'm gonna claim it as a rite of passage. I also mm. want women to do that with their postpartum, and so mm. I want. I want to, my, you know, my number one is prepare for it, prepare for your postpartum. Do not think that, you know, oh, it'll just come naturally. Of mm -hmm. course, yes, it's a natural process of having your baby and then becoming a mother. But we're not really, you know, back in the day and in traditional cultures, we would get so much help and support and we would get shown both how to birth our babies and how to breastfeed a newborn and how to care for a newborn by our mothers, our sisters, our mm -hmm. aunties, the whole community it would be there in the home. Um, but today we're so removed, we're removed mm -hmm. from the birthing process. Most women won't see a birth until they have their own. Uh, most women will not have hold, held a newborn or seen a newborn being fed. Um, you know, we're just not exposed to it. So crazy isn't it I mean yes. why has that shifted so much like why have we gone so backwards like it that's what it feels like it just feels like yeah like you said we we're so removed from it and it just feels really wrong that that yeah. could be the first time that we ever experience it when we're doing it on our own yeah well we've been so removed for some from so many things in our society that was natural to see I mean we're removed from death as well aren't we yeah. you know seeing people die back in the day just not even 100 years ago in some cultures you still have that you know when someone dies you have a that pe that person stays in the house for days and people come around and mourn and mm. cry together and see that body decay for a few days so that you know there's an integration of that you know an understanding of that and also death becomes then a part of life whereas today we're scared shitless of death aren't we mm. and um it's removed from us. Anyone thinking of seeing a dead body, like it's, 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 you know, it's, you, they just wouldn't, ex wouldn't want that. They wouldn't accept it. Like even just posting the photo we did a few weeks ago on our um, pregnancy loss episodes, like we were like, oh, we need to put this trigger warning in because it could be really upsetting for some people. And it really made me think about why is that? Like, why are we not mm. able to share this? Because all I could see in those photos were just absolute beauty. It just was beautiful. But, yeah, mm. you're absolutely right. It's just because we're so removed from it yeah. now. Oh, thank you for bringing that up. That's really important. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And, and we remove, you know, as well in our society, we remove the old people to old folks' home, right? Or, and mm -hmm. we remove, you know, we, re we just um, – separate ourselves from the natural processes of life and aging is something that we don't want to do you know all of these things that we're so there's still so much taboo around sexuality about our bleed as women you mm. know coming into womanhood when you're a young girl and you have your first bleed a lot of women don't have a good story around that there's shame or there's pain or there's 
hiding it away. It's very rare that it's a celebration, which it should be because, you know, this is a rite of passage that we'd skip in. Mm-hmm. And so the rite of passage that is birth, then most women don't even think about it as that. Most women actually in our society are really scared of birth, aren't they? Yeah. And it's getting more and more like that. And so, I mean, that's why I created the natural birth course to help women believe in their bodies and in the natural process that is birth and to understand that it can be such a transformative and a positive and showing your strength and power as a woman. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I have chills and I also have a fire in my belly because I feel (laughs) like very passionate about this also. And yeah, this, yeah, this reclaiming of power for women. Absolutely. In these rites of passages, you should see yourself as that strong worshipped goddess that you are in those in those ways. But it's just been, yeah, taken from us. And And capable. You are more than capable. mm -hmm. You're a woman. You were built to do this. Yeah. And imagine a world, because this is not our actual reality, but imagine a world where every woman felt empowered and really freaking powerful after birthing her baby coming out really strong and fierce and feeling her capability as a woman as a creatress imagine if every woman felt that our world would change our world would totally change but most women unfortunately actually come out the other end feeling defeated feeling like she failed. Mm. There's something in the medical society called failure to progress, where a lot of Mm. medical intervention causes women to think that they couldn't birth their baby, which is totally wrong. I think most of the time when someone's labeled as failure to progress, it's the failure of the system to support a woman having a natural process and her hormones working effectively to actually have that beautiful labor and birth that she wanted. Absolutely, Mm. you are speaking my language. (laughs) It's giving me goosebumps. It's everything Mm. in it's just resonating so much yeah and I hate that I hate that women feel like it's their body that has failed when it's not it's the system that we have and yeah it's and I feel like what you're talking about now is exactly kind of what we've been saying the last few weeks and how when we have this really empowered birth then it then is a flow-on effect into our postpartum the the empowered postpartum period Absolutely. How we birth our baby definitely can affect our postpartum period and the levels of postpartum depression and this ripple effect on the family, on the woman, on the community from what kind of birth she had. But I also want to, and that's why I find it so important that we talk about, and I know I've deviated into birth now, which I always oh, do. It's, it's only but... natural because we love birth too. <laughs> yes, but what I really wanted to talk about the postpartum yeah. is because I also know women because, you know, I've, I've worked both in in the hospital system and um, in the birth center and, and home births. And I've seen women have incredibly um, empowering natural births and where they're really, you know, the lioness birthing her baby and really just, I mean, all of these women. Um, but I've also then experienced them having a really tough postpartum. Mm. So I want to address these um, because obviously we're all very different. There's so many different factors, you know, to play into how we can optimize having a 
nursing postpartum I'm not going to be able to tell everything today in this <laughs> podcast um but just touching upon some of them and how also you listening you know um you need to kind of feel into what you need and what is really important for you and understanding mm. yourself is really important both for the birthing process and how to assist you in that and and what kind of person you are coming into the postpartum now, some women um are quite as a person quite flexible quite um adaptable uh maybe um isn't so attached to either her career or her persona so the death that is the maiden as you step mm. into the mother might not be as such a shock or such a massive grieving process but for some women it can be that it can be a, even though she has longed to have a baby she's she loves her newborn she loves being a mother there can also be that sadness and that grieving process about actually like who am i now and i'm not my job anymore or i'm not this person doing this anymore or um she's maybe finding it hard to integrate the two and it takes months maybe even a year to find who am i now as a mother and as a woman you know not mm. because you'll never go back to who you were and so mm. that is a huge a huge topic that is rarely spoken about you know it's almost taboo saying that you can go into a grieving process and it's actually a natural thing because it was a death of the old you it's natural to yeah. grieve that small or big you know yes yes that is really interesting because you know you could just have this you know oh, i don't know 1 to 10 list of things to make your postpartum really nourishing but <laughs> honestly it wouldn't be the same for everyone no. and to just really know and understand you some people might really love having lots of people around and really vibe with you know getting out and about before some other people who mm. don't want anyone around who just want to be in their bubble in their bed with their baby which I think is amazing but other people love having the company that's just we are so different and mm. yeah if we need time to yeah, grieve this rebirth or death of the maiden, birth of mm. the mother. Yeah, to think about that, prepare for that. I think that's huge. Well, to, to even know that it can happen. I think yeah, that's the most important, that totally. it doesn't, you know, that, that if you do feel that, um, that you are not, uh, you're not failing as a mother, mm. not to suppress that as well, to be like, okay, and just, you know, one of the most important things is to, hold yourself as a newborn baby you're a newborn mother mm. and so not be so hard on yourself and actually we will talk more about that how to prepare for you know the support that you need postpartum and just as you say Annabelle that it's so different it looks very different for every woman but and to also then need to be flexible around that you might plan for one thing and then you realize actually I want something very different mm. And to be gentle with yourself and allowing and allowing of all the emotion, the good and the bad, not to suppress anything and not to think that just because you feel sadness or you feel whatever you're feeling, that you're then not, you know, grateful for your baby or grateful to be a mother or loving your baby. You know, all of this, they don't have to contradict. They can all exist at the same time. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's exactly what I was just going to jump in and say that it's like, I think the most important thing or almost like the first step is just having the awareness that this can happen and that, and then be fully accepting of yourself and all those feelings and, and know that they're completely valid. Mm. 
-hmm. Yes, because, you know, the rate of postpartum depression in our Western culture, I think there's a lot of different factors into that. Um, I think one of the biggest things is that um, as first-time mothers in the Western culture, you're thrown into motherhood. You know, you've had this, you know, massive rite of passage that is birth, whether it was a, you know, you feel that it was an empowering and positive experience or if it was a traumatic one or whatever you felt, whatever your birth was, everyone gets instantly thrown into motherhood. There's not a second mm. for you to stop and go, Whew, that was a massive marathon and rite of passage and totally life transforming and altering let me just sit with that for a day and just feel what happened there's no time you get mm. thrown into being a mother and all of a sudden all your focus goes from you into baby keeping baby happy fed loved nurtured alive and I mean a lot of first-time parents hold their baby as dynamite in the beginning because they're like you know don't know how to handle a newborn and and there's no time for you to sit with what just happened. And so that's a process in itself to actually process your birth, whatever that birth was, was you know, every birth has wisdom and beauty and, um, mm. you know what I mean? It doesn't matter do. what kind of birth you have. It's a huge ordeal. I do. Yeah. Yes. And that needs to be processed. So that's just one thing, right? Mm, yeah, just one of the many. <laughs> one of the million of things that, you know, now is happening. And then all of a sudden you're thrown into motherhood. So you're having all this, you know, wanting to care for your baby. You're sleep deprived. Your breasts are leaking. You might be bleeding. You're healing from maybe having a little bit of a tear. You might have a wound, a scar because you've had a cesarean or you've had an episiotomy or, you know, your physical body is healing. Your emotional body is healing. Your mental body is healing. And your spiritual body is integrating what the freak and you know just happened right yeah. and then in all of this you're also supposed to be a good mother you're supposed to know what to do you're supposed to know how to breastfeed you're supposed to know how to change a nappy or carry a baby or settle a baby swaddle a baby burp a baby like it's huge it's, it's just so massive and so in all of this the person mm -hmm. that gets least attention especially from herself is the mother who's also just newborn and needing so much love and so much care. And yes, it looks different for each woman, but that is what I want to talk about today, how to nurture and recover as a mother and heal as a mother at the same time as all of this is going on. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it almost sounds impossible, right? Like yeah. <laughs> we literally are super women like doing oh, yeah. it. Yeah. I think so important with what you're sharing today, just to, give women some ideas of how they can make it more um, just be more gentle on themselves and mm. make it a nourishing transition. Yeah. Yeah. So let me then just say a few things that I think that is, you can put on a little list and then discover yourself what, you know, where you need to dive deeper because you know what you already know and who you are as a person. So First of all, definitely plan for your labor and birth so that you can optimize that to be, you know, the best birth you can have, you know, to optimize the chances of having your dream birth. Definitely do that and learn about um, the golden hours after birth. So the early postpartum, right? The early hours postpartum, what you can expect from, you know, this baby coming out and what's going to happen, everything from... Because this is research that I 
think every woman should really do about how she wants to birth her placenta. You know, there's different ways of birthing your placenta. You can mm. do it, you know, medicalized way or you can do it the natural physiological way. And most women don't know that they have that option. So that's a really important thing to, to look into. Delayed cord clamping for your baby. You know, those things. Um, the injections that are offered that are different in each country. Um, the baby check and so on and so forth. The skin to skin and why that's so important. How it's still practiced in many places around the world to bathe the baby after birth. Know, why you maybe should not do that and how that is an outdated practice. You know, those little things are really important in the early postpartum. And then baby care. Just I would really encourage women to, just as they might go to do a childbirth education course, to also just learn the simple, just, just a few simple things around newborn care that is so different from a toddler. Because most people will have seen maybe a toddler breastfeed or a toddler snappy being changed or whatever but never seen a newborn and just learning those things can be really empowering just so that you feel a little bit more like you know what you're doing and the same mm. with breastfeeding again most mamas if you're one of the lucky ones you might have seen newborns breastfeed but actually learn a bit about breastfeeding too so that that is not such a huge thing because for most women it actually is a lot of women go through the cracked nipples and the bleeding nipples and the poor attachment. And a lot of women um, end up you know, not continuing breastfeeding or not even, even being able to establish breastfeeding because they don't have the support and they don't have the knowledge when they start. And so they give up because it's too hard or they might get engorgement or mastitis happening and, and so on and so forth. So actually learning about those things. So that you can feel more empowered, just knowing the simple little positions and how, what is a good latch? What, what does it feel like? What does it look like? Just those things can really support you. But then we get into the big one, right? Which <laughs> is about the mother. <laughs> and this is the one that most people have no clue about. And so in most traditional cultures, most traditional cultures, a newborn mother is seen as just that, a newborn mother. So she's getting help with everything around her, food preparation, cleaning the house, caring for if there's other children or other things that needs to be done. Her single only job for the first month or two, it's usually 40 days confinements talked about, which is up to six weeks postpartum, which we say here in Australia as well, you know, that's the postpartum period that you kind of seen by your midwives or childbirth or child health, family health nurse. Um, so this is the time where she just lies in bed, bonds with her baby, established breastfeeding and heals. She gets fed, she gets nurtured, um, she gets maybe... Uh, herbs that are good for her she gets um, tinctures she gets baths she gets massaged all of this you know her mother or sisters or aunties come and nurture her now this is totally lost in our culture you know we're lucky if we get one or two visits from the midwife in most places in some places if you have a home birth midwife or you work with an independent midwife you get more care more nurturing mm. postpartum but in the system if you go through a hospital you might get one or two visits at home and that's it. And it's mainly just, the, you know, concerning baby and, you know, you too, but it's maybe a 15 minutes visit. It's not very much. And that's the care you're given in our current system. Mm. So you need to now, if you're pregnant and listening to this, 
you need to plan so that you can be nurtured at least for the first six weeks, if not longer. And just like you said, Annabelle, it looks very different for each woman. But I would definitely suggest that you get a meal roster happening for all your friends and for yourself. If you during pregnancy, late pregnancy can cook and freeze in lots of food so that's already made, that will save you so much heartache about having to cook. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I did both of mine. Like I had three weeks worth of dinners frozen and I did them, yeah, during the end of pregnancy. And oh my gosh, it's, it doesn't seem like it would be that amazing, but it really is. Like it's mm. like one less thing that you have to do, one less thing that you're thinking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so important. The nur- and that it's nourishing food. You know, sometimes, especially, well, I don't know how about you, but if I'm feeling tired or depleted, I will go for the junk food or the, mm-hmm. in the quick food, right? But yeah. if you've already prepared really yummy soups and stews and nurturing things, because that's what you want postpartum, you want warm food, nourishing food, rich in vegetables, um, nourishing and nutrient dense food, because you're starting breastfeeding. So you need a lot of that going on. And then I would also get your family on board. And if you don't have family clothes, maybe, you know, fly them in or friends of yours that I'm sure would want to help to actually come around and do practical help as well. Because your partner, if you have a partner as well on this journey, they can do some, but they also need to bond with baby and they're also going to be sleep deprived. And Mm. so it depends on where you are in the world. But if your partner can take those six weeks off, that would also be so good for their bonding with baby and also to assist you to take some of that massive load of caring for baby off you. Because you, you're barely going to be able to put baby down to go to the toilet if you don't have anyone else around in the beginning. You know, you, so true. Yeah. You're, like, you're going to sit and poop with your baby. You're going to shower and have your baby in the, in the bathroom. You know, you're going to have yeah. very little time for yourself <laughs> if yeah. you don't. Yes. <laughs> you need to focus on that poop. Like, yeah. That's a big deal. <laughs> you need time. You need to be able to relax. You need you your relax. baby looked after while you do that. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You can't poop if you have a screaming baby because then you've it's like you can't birth if you're yeah. in bright lights and in scary environment because you, you're going to clench, which is yeah. the same as pooping. <laughs> it's very, it's a very good. Look, it's tip. just one of the things. Just, it's good to know women. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, if you, yeah, if you could just have people that you can really trust and be yourself around you can bleed you can have Mm -hmm. leaky breasts you can be raw unwashed with people those people is the ones you want to call in for your postpartum and you want them to come around do your dishes do your laundry vacuum the house you know help you prepare a meal you need that and you should have that because you're a queen you've just birthed a baby you need to be pampered too and you need to be cared for yeah I so agree and you know I think that's the beauty of, like, for me, I didn't realize that I had people who had gone through their births, you know, and had this postpartum period and they were very much knew what I would have needed. Mm. And so I was getting the meals delivered and I was mm. getting the check-ins and I was, you know, it's just like, I'll just drop off the food. Like just drop mm. off the food and then I'll go and just like mm. letting me be there. But I felt really nourished and supported by people, my family, by my partner. So mm. it, yeah, 
it's so important. It's so important. If you just want to be in bed, that people just drop the food off. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If that works, yeah. Yeah, and as you said before, some might really want a lot of people around mm. them and some don't. And it depends, I guess, if you – a lot of women don't have the – possibility of having their partner for maybe longer than a week or two Mm. um in some countries it's amazing and they might have two months they might have six months together you know it's very different in each part of the world but you really you really need your tribe you know how they say you need a tribe to raise your child you know it's the same with a newborn mother you know you need a tribe to care for the mother so that she can care for her baby yeah Amen. I love it so much. <laughs> I just love it. And also, you know, emotional support. And so yeah. when all of that basics are covered, which is really important, and unfortunately most mothers, first-time mothers, end up not having that and have a really tough time. So if you get this down, mama, that will help a lot so that, you know, you get the practical support around you, that you can only focus on establishing breastfeeding, which is huge. It takes six weeks to eight weeks Mm. to actually establish that breastfeeding and Mm. to heal from birth physically. It takes that time to heal physically. It takes longer depending on different, you know, how how your birth was. But um, then you have the emotional and, you know, the spiritual healing that needs to happen as well. The integration of the birth. And the integration mm. of becoming a mother. So to gently ease yourself into that, to be fully accepting of all that goes on for you. You know, mm. to really allow yourself to be, if you have, you know, the first few days when the milk comes in, there's lots of big hormones in the, you know, rushing around. And we call these days could potentially be the baby blues, you know, when you are really teary and, and all that. To, to allow that to be, to not suppress, I would say, just to not suppress anything that comes up, but to sit with it like a lovingly newborn baby in yourself and just witness what's going on. Yeah. And to allow yourself to have those things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know that I found um, in my journey, because I had the, the midwifery care mm. afterwards and I also had a family member who would check in daily, you know, how are you? Like, how was your night? Mm, how How's your... How are you feeling? And just being able to have somebody, whether it be a postpartum doula, whether it be your midwife, whether it be mm. a family, a trusted village that you have, mm. your tribe, just to be like, this is what happened throughout my night and then be like, yeah, like that, that that's normal or that mm. happened to me or I understand. And then you're just like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. then that's okay. Yeah, whether it is your own mother, your sister, whoever, but mm. just to know that it's normal and it's part of it, then you don't feel so, yeah, strange when you're going Absolutely. through it. Yeah, to be validated. That's mm. why mama's group are so important. And yeah. that's one of the things right now during the COVID situation a lot of mamas don't have. And so there are online groups out there that have popped up. I just started a you know mama's group as well for anyone to join just to have that moment of coming in and sharing what's going on for me right now whether I'm pregnant or I have a baby or a toddler it's what's going on and actually just being seen and heard and hearing other mamas say I've had this same experience yeah. or this is what I did or that's perfectly normal and just not feel alone I think that's yeah. one of the biggest things postpartum for women why we have such a high rate of postpartum depression 
is because women feel so lonely and isolated yeah. during the first year when they had the baby. Because maybe they're the first in their you know, group of friends who had a baby or they don't have many people who've had a baby or, you know, around them. So not a lot of people understand. People fall away, friends that fall away because of that. That's a sadness that many mm-hmm. mamas carry. You know, to then find other women that are in the same kind of life cycle as you and to share and to be seen and heard and felt together. Yeah. Definitely. And I guess like so we've been talking about people who when we're asking for help, but we also touched on it briefly just before we started recording about when you actually don't want people to come around and being able to assert those boundaries and mm. yeah, I guess really speak about what you need and be firm mm. with that. Would you be able to touch on that for us? And, Absolutely. And then- I, I totally hear what you're saying and I agree. It's really, and that has actually been a blessing around the world in one sense. And it's a blessing and a curse, this COVID situation, because what has happened is that a lot of, a lot of women have obviously just, you know, they can only stay at home and can only have their partner or maybe if they're living, you know, or have their mothers there or something, then they only have very few people around for well now for a few months you know in their postpartum period Mm. but a lot of women feel their relief in that to not have to go out and leave the house or you know to have an excuse in a sense not to invite everybody over to see the baby yeah and that's a part of as well you know that's something you can plan even if you're not in covid times that you say to people i'm gonna have a 40-day confinement i'm not gonna leave the house if I do, it's just me and my baby and my partner maybe or my mom or something. I'm just going to have the immediate people there. Some people don't even want to have their family in the beginning. They want to be in their baby bubble just with their partner and their baby and just get delivered food, as you said, Annabelle, and just kind mm-hmm. of get the, you know, get that support, but then just be in their baby bubble. And it's really important to have that both for the establishment of breastfeeding. Actually, which I also want to mention, they've noticed that anecdotally around the world that breastfeeding rates are going up because of COVID. Yeah. Babies wow. are gaining weight better. Less, less babies are dropping in weight in you know, the early days uh, after birth because the mamas just hang out with their babies like they should. They're bonding. They're not passing baby around to grandma, grandpa, auntie, sister. So, ba- so they miss baby's cues. No, they, they are totally with their baby. They're bonding with their baby and they're seeing the early feeding cues early enough to get baby on and babies are gaining great weight. And so there's good things happening because of this kind of forced lockdown because babies are thriving and mamas you know there's both that some are thriving from not having to do and be and have all people over and some obviously are not getting the support that they need which is Mm. very sad and um you know something that if you are birthing now in covid plan to have your mama come up and stay for a month or whoever you know a best friend or someone who can quarantine with you for this time of your life because this is such an important time in your life and yeah it's it's different around the world how the lockdown is happening and how women are both birthing and being cared for postpartum and some places are pretty pretty sad situations but if you can then definitely get someone there for you that is there purely to care for you while you care for your baby yeah, and ensuring that they, I guess, have an understanding of of what you want too and, and how you want your postpartum to be and that you're both yeah. on the same page, I guess, is something else that would be important totally. to discuss first. 
Yeah. And actually, you know, how I just want to say that too, you know, most women around the world will, with their partners, spend so much money on their wedding, on, mm-hmm. you know, researching and buying a new house, a car, even researching uh, the next holiday destination and, and, you know, spending money on that than they do on both their birth and definitely on their postpartum. And right now, you know, this popping up more and more postpartum doulas mm. that can, if you, if you can't have your mom there, you can't have your, you don't have that kind of close, you know, friends around you, which not everybody has, you can employ somebody yeah. that can help you out. Yeah. And, and there's, you know, there's Uber Eats or whatever. There's ways of doing this. <laughs> you can be inventive, you know, to put in strategies and tools that will support you and nurture you those early weeks after you've had a baby. Especially now also with the COVID situation. You know, there are ways. And just like you said, Emily, of course, boundaries are really important too. And making sure that the right person, maybe your mom isn't right. Maybe your mom has a really outdated way of caring for a baby that you don't agree with or, you know what I mean? Like you choose the people that are around you and that is your sovereign right as a woman. And you can say no to your mother and you can say no to family and friends around you. You can do that. And you need to claim that space as a woman and as a mother. You now are lioness mama. You need to birth or I mean, you need to bond with your baby. And this is how you do that for you. This is your way. Yeah. Mm. Like, yeah. I found that for me, like the first time, I even did have plans to kind of, you know, people only come on this day and this day because I really want to go slowly. But then as soon as the baby's here, everyone's messaging saying, when can I come? When can I do this? And yeah. then the people pleaser in me started going, oh, well, go on then. Yeah, we'll just do that. But oh, second time around, yeah, I definitely learned from that. And I really, really did assert those boundaries because I wanted this that time to be really sacred for me and my husband and, and my um, eldest because, you know, he was only two at the time. And I just wanted us to um, learn how to be together as a family of four first before I had to then think about introducing other people. And yeah, especially for my newborn too, just it's so, it must be so scary for them to be passed around from person to person when mm. all they've known is being inside your womb nice and safe and they only know your smells. So, mm. yeah, that's so important for me just to have those clear boundaries of when people were going to be able to come over and that, no, I wasn't going to be handing them my baby. They could definitely come and see me, bring me mm. a meal but I wasn't going to let them hold my baby until I felt it was the right time. Yeah, that is so important. That is so important. Thanks for sharing that. And I think that what you're saying is very common. The people, please are in women and uh, especially, you know, from family and close friends. And that's something also, you know, that women can feel is that throughout their pregnancy, everyone's, you know, oh, you're glowing, you're so beautiful, mm. all the energy and focus is on you. And then the baby is born and the mother is forgotten. It's instantly the baby. Everyone wants to hold the baby and be with the baby. Whereas this massive process has just happened for this woman and she has been so open, so raw, gone through this massive process and then just most of you know her family and friends become, oh, good job, and then turn to the baby. And the weeks after too, be very focused on the baby. And I think we need to shift our understanding in this Western culture that there's a newborn mama in the equation too. Yeah, we need to honor her and listen to her. And and, and what does she need? Yeah, mm. there's that quote or 
whatever's going around that it's like everyone wants to hold the newborn baby who holds the newborn mother and I think that's just what we need to really get across and what I think everything you're saying is you know educate yourself and empower yourself and support yourself for this period postpartum because Mm. yeah you you need it you really need it and you deserve it it is your time it is your time with your family your baby and just receive receive, 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 like you deserve it, rest, receive, like just it's so important. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I can just speak as a midwife, you know, mm. seeing it over and over and over again how often women are not supported mm. and how when I follow up, you know, the week after birth, the weeks after birth, that she's left by herself, her, you know, partner has gone back to work and there's no one around, and she might even have another, you know, toddler there or another, other kids. And she's, you know, definitely in the deep end of everything and barely, barely coming up for breaths. So mm. that is why this is such an important topic to talk about. Yeah. And, and it's a sad situation that this is not provided for in our culture. Um, and we t- need to take responsibility for it yeah. because no one else is going to do it. That's the thing, you know, yeah. the, the hospital's not going to do it for you. The state's not going to do it for you. You need to actually create this for yourself. And some are lucky to have a tribe and family close mm-hmm. and some are not. And you will just have to then put in place ways like the postpartum doula or the Uber Eats you know, account or whatever it is that you can do to support yourself. Totally. We need to, yeah, right, exactly. We need to empower ourselves mm. and take responsibility and empower our sisters. <laughs> to do that too and share that. And I know that, yeah, I've honestly, this has been so beautiful and I've loved your wisdom and I know that you offer something to support women with this, not just your amazing wisdom here and on your Instagram page, but you do have a program Mm. coming up that I would love to hear about. (laughs) Oh, yeah, sure. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, so, (laughs) yes, you know, it's, it's been a, in the making for a long time. Um, when I launched the natural birth course, that's all focused upon preparing for your labor and birth. And mm-hmm. it's, there was always the, you know, the desire to, to make this postpartum course as well, to go as a bundle. But it's taking me half a year until, <laughs> you know, actually getting here. And so finally I'm here. Um, and during this month I'm, I'm now creating the Nourishing Postpartum course, which is about all of this and so much more. But really, you know, putting in in place, giving you the information, because I believe that, you know, education is is power. It's, yes. It's being informed is the only way that you can actually uh, reclaim both your postpartum and your birth. You know, there you, you will not... Um, um, feel as empowered as you could be if you don't know things like you then you can't make an informed decision about things right so it's giving the power back to women with with the knowledge you know with the so yeah anyways I'm oh (laughs) no I love it I'm like no 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 you're not you're not I'm like yes (laughs) preach preach preach. (laughs) (laughs) but it's it's because you know and I Sometimes I feel like, you know, I want to scream it from the rooftops yeah. and in the birth suites and in the antenatal clinic and in the postpartum. I just want to, you know, but it's usually in the birth suite and the postpartum 
time it's too late. And that's why I'm like, gosh, just in pregnancy, please take the time. You now are carrying a baby, but you're not handling a newborn. Like you can now take in all of this information in a calm way, you know, where you can just, you know, integrate this information and you can, with with this online course, you can rewatch it several times so that this information can become embodied wisdom. And that's what we need. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times as a midwife, I say something, but I know things need to be said, you know, several times before you actually remember things or, you know, it becomes something you can embody. You know what I mean? So I love that embodied wisdom. Well, I, for Mm. one, I would recommend anything you put out there because (laughs) you just have such a beautiful, wise way about you. And I just really think you're, you're stand for women, you stand for birthing women, you stand for pregnant women, you stand for mamas is just it's so evident and yeah I would just definitely recommend if anyone is interested totally search you out <laughs> oh thank you so much Annabelle that oh, of course. my heart <laughs> it's it's coming from seeing what happens when you don't you know and just yeah. that the fire in the belly that the system is not doing enough we need mm. to do more and we need to actually as women just what you voiced before we need to take back our power. We need to not give it away. And that is what needs to happen fully. And yes. how we do that is take responsibility for our own lives, our own births, mm. our own babies, our own postpartum. Yeah. Well, I love it. And obviously we can find you on your Instagram page. Yeah, you can find me on um, my website, uh, yes. which is the thespiritualmidwife.net. And, um, yeah, I also, you know, facilitate a podcast called the natural birth podcast, which is only natural and empowering birth stories. So if you are aiming to have a natural birth, I really suggest that you only fill your mind Mm. with the empowering and natural birth stories that are out there. And, you know, our subconscious minds are so powerful. And if, you know, in our modern day, in society, the birth narrative is that of Hollywood, which is not very empowering. It's a very disempowering narrative of women screaming and being out of control and lying on her back in stirrups and a doctor saving her life, usually, mm-hmm. you know, and, and kind of... And know, delivering her baby. Yes, like, exactly. No one delivers your baby. You do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. And whether or not, you know, you go like, oh, well, I'm going to have a natural birth and I believe in that, your subconscious mind might actually think that that's a lie because the only thing you've seen as mm. you know since you were a little girl has been that narrative there's no movies out there there's no series that actually ever show birth in an empowering natural and beautiful way so not you know not to be ignorant about everything that can happen of course but we know that already but to yeah. only watch and listen to natural like natural empowering birth stories i think is actually really important in preparation yeah yep. Definitely, definitely. And also, even when you're not pregnant, <laughs> it's amazing to listen to them just to hear. These yes. Like, I, I love listening to birth stories. Like, I could listen all day long. Like, mm. it's so incredible what women are capable of. Mm. Um, yeah, so thank you for having that and, and sharing those for everybody. 
Yes, yeah. my pleasure. Yeah, me too. I, I'm just like you. I can listen to birth stories all day long. And I do. I mean, I, <laughs> I never get sick of it. You think I would, but I don't. Nice. So, And each birth story has its own wisdom. There's so much pearls of wisdom in each story to, yeah, to gain. So true. To put, yeah, put in your memory. Oh, oh well, this has just been the best. Like I yeah. knew I would and... I am so grateful for you for sharing, Anna. I mean, I'm a big nerd for this stuff. I love it. <laughs> and I know I want to share as much as possible. We want to share as much as possible these sorts of things for women. And, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And, you know, if your listeners out there are pregnant, then I am going to give you a discount on both my courses. So if they feel like they are interested either in the natural birth course or in the postpartum course or both of them, they can get 15% off with Hey Mama uh, coupon code. Yay! (laughs) Get onto that. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Have a beautiful day. Yeah, thank you. Woo! Bye! Bye! Thanks for listening to the Hey Mama podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please share it with friends and follow our social media pages to keep up to date with the latest episodes. We hope you're having a beautiful day, Mama.